And we are on. Hey, welcome. Welcome, welcome everyone. To the chat. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Um, how was your week? You know, I only put in two days at the office and then, well, at the virtual office. And then I spent one day just getting projects done. So now I'm in beautiful Central California um, and we're traveling with our bleach bottle. And uh, we're spending a little time with just two people who have been bubbled themselves. So good to go. We're going to go enjoy the view, the sights of the Central Valley. We're within a stone's throw of Sequoia. <gasps> nice. Yeah. Oh, I so. love that arc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, you're not seeing the fires from uh, Estes Park, are you? No, not from Estes okay. Park. Those folks are getting... Okay, wonderful. Oh my gosh, that yesterday slammed. was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Mm -hmm. um, How was your week? You know, I just had to go with the flow. You know, I, I was reading about the international uh, grief conference, sort of looking at what, we're, what we could present and if mm -hmm. the stuff I do. And I thought, is an ambiguous loss uh, when you can't work the computer, but you know the stuff has to be done. Is that ambiguous? Is I think that's ambiguous? pretty specific. Ah. So, but you know, just like anything, I decided, well, if I'm not going to be able to learn it right now, I'll do what I can in the other stuff. So I'm really excited and I hope to advertise it here my uh 13 week two hours a week uh grief class on um and it's healing consciously and oh, i like that my main thank you and the main reason i feel so excited about this is sort of like when you learn to do a conference you learn one teach one and then they can do one and that way, I'm putting out more death education into the world and grief education that can alleviate suffering for just a Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't fix grief, but you can alleviate it for the moment. And it and doesn't have grief, to feel like suffering all the time. No. And that frame is just so terrible. Grief is a very mindful practice. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, you have to be in the moment. You, It's not you have to. It will make you be in the moment. Right. It pulls you right in. It pulls you right in. And mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of the things. But I wanted to talk about this article I read in uh, one of the thanatology sites. And it has to do with what do you keep that is meaningful, like an article of clothing, to make you feel better and to while you're mourning. Um, many people, of course, with animals or pets, they will keep the collar and maybe mm -hmm. put it around something or... You right. know, but technically, people don't wear collars. And most of them. <laughs> most of them. 
okay, there are exceptions to everything. Right. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, hmm. So I, I remember it wasn't something that my dad wore, but I had, and I still have, his glass cutter because he was a glazer. And he died oh. very suddenly when I was 14. And um, so that was 1970. And that's something and, you identify as part of him. Mm -hmm. So I have that, you know. Right. And my mom, when she died, I have a couple things. Uh, one, I have a sweater. For the last 20 years, I still wear it when I need to. And mm -hmm. I well, and then I have sort of a sweaterish type thing, so I can, I love wearing them. Yeah, it feels good to have that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just sort of wondering who out in our listening audience, or if you could share, what are some things you have from the people that have died in your life? Oh my goodness. And this is interesting because I've had three people when I was teaching a grief class this last four weeks say independently in emails to me, I'm working with someone who's actually bordering on hoarding because they've had three or four deaths and they've had trouble distinguishing what to keep. So they've got everything. Like they just closed out the okay. house and brought everything home. And now uh, there's no space to walk in the garage and then it starts to migrate into the house and what do we do? And I'm like, you hire a professional organizer and then you work with them to let them sort stuff out and you keep that which really speaks. Right, right. So um, I've got I've got like the, a toasting champagne glass from the day my grandparents got married. Oh. Right, and I didn't yeah. know my grandfather, but I have very fond memories of my grandmother. Um, I wish I had one of my grandmother's aprons. I do not. <gasps> That would because that was what that's how I remember her is the apron mm -hmm. um, from my late wives. I have, you know, the wedding rings and I have a shirt from each of them that's mm -hmm. now they're put away. But I know they're there. Mm -hmm. um, I made quilts for my kids with the T-shirts that my yes. first wife wore because she had outrageous T-shirts. One of them was Lucy saying, someday a woman will be president. And I remember her buying that in like 1980 going, someday. And I shouldn't show my political views. Waiting. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. So she's, then we've got those, you know, it's the little things. Um, my right. dad made jewelry. He, we would go rock hounding as a family and he would find the rough rocks and then he would sl he'd slice them and then design them and make the jewelry. I have some of those. It's I don't. I have a fourteen hundred square foot house. Yeah, you can't keep a lot of. No, no. Mm -mm. Do you find? So, uh -huh. oh, do you find that it's even comforting to give away parts of their uh, clothing or objects? Mm -hmm. So it's like it goes to a good home, right? And so you know where it is. Right. My nephew's got my dad's bolo slides for the most part, because he never wore to from the moment he started rock counting. There was never a tie again. Unless we were at a funeral, there was no tie and he had one tie. So they got all the bolo slides. Right. Got it. Mm -hmm. um, I do have my great grandfather's shotgun. It's actually a work of art. Sure. sure. Oh, um, I bet it is. 
it really is beautiful um, because I lived on the lake where they built their home and darned if I didn't use that shotgun on a couple of cotton mouths, right? Not people, snakes, because um, there are snakes. So I, I think it's nice to share those things. I've given yeah. my kids jewelry from their mom. So Linda's precious jewelry from her mom has gone to my kids. You continue the cycle. Yes. And usually grandchildren, like nobody wants China. Nobody oh, no. wants any of that stuff. But if you can find one thing, just one little thing. Right. Um, to pass to a grandchild who then has a little bit of their grandmother's energy. You know, it's almost um, like, uh, I'm going to use this word. Uh, I want to say uh, psychic ancestry, but I don't want that word. Just their feelings. There's that energy that maybe grandma put into that cup or uh, oh, what's another word? You, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's, it's part of them coming through to you. Yes. Right. You know, speaking of coming through when my mom died, she did have a lot of jewelry. And so I cashed some of it in some of these diamonds that were very important in the thirties as a way of currency during the depression or the 20s and she inherited that from her mom and dad and then she made it into jewelry and then i changed it up so i have this one piece i love rainbow wings i always have so the diamonds in the center and there's sapphires on these carved wings oh my god coming out so i call it I call it the Shirley cam. My mother's name was Shirley and the diamond's so big. So when I wear it, like when I did my TEDx talk, I wanted my mother to see from beyond or I go to family reunion. And so I told everybody it's the Shirley cam and they're all coming up to my neck. Hi, Aunt Shirley. How are you? <laughs> like they're yelling into the, into the diamond. <laughs> right. It's hilarious. And I'm like, do you see, Mom? See all the relatives that are Everyone's here? here. They're yeah. here. And as we joke about that, I know other stories of widows that will, when they have to do something around the house that they've never done, they will put on their husband's shirt mm -hmm. to let them know they can do it. Gives them a know? sense of strength. Gives them a sense of strength. Other Joining. people. Yes, and guidance mm -hmm. and all those wonderful feels as if the person was right there. Right. Um, another thing people can do after someone's died, like you did, take T-shirts and make a quilt or take regular shirts and make a pillow. Or a teddy bear. Or a teddy bear. We talked about that before. Mm -hmm. The other thing... I just want to assure our listening audience that it is, you're not weird or strange if after someone died, if you take a piece of their dirty clothing, right? Ziplock it. Ziplock it. Just put it in the bed with you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that you have that smell. 
you have mm -hmm. that feeling. If you don't want to change the sheets and they're still decent, don't change the sheets. And if you're the person coming in to try and help, uh huh, don't change so, the sheets. Don't get rid of the towels. It's their turn. That's right. Right. That's so right. After, after my first wife died, I went upstairs thinking this is the first time I'm going to go up here and there's no chance she's going to be here. And someone had very helpfully changed the sheets, washed the comforter, washed the pillowcases, gotten rid of the towels. I was like, you know, I might have needed that right now. Right. Too late. And they did and it out of the goodness of their heart. But too late. <laughs> But these are things to teach about. Right. People don't realize that. And yeah. that's some of the things I want to put into my class. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that we can normalize, bring back whatever the religious culture is, bring back the spiritual energy culture mm -hmm. back, back to life. Because... We've lost so much of that uh, working with our elders. You know what I mean? To and we've learn lost more of it now things. in the pandemic because there's so much separation. People really aren't thinking that way right now. Right, right. And right. it's and there's several other things I want to suggest too that you know if you need to sit and meditate with their glasses or you want to uh, take their coffee mug in the morning. I know mm -hmm. I I had from my grandfather, I had his watch. Uh -huh. So I wore that for a while. And I also had my, um, I had a pair of dice. Okay. I know, well, he loved craps. So we uh -huh. all, he had so many pairs of dice from gambling that, we all got some as a grandkid. Nice. My grandmother, I think I still have some of her aprons and I have uh, some shawls she crocheted for me in the oh 60s and 70s. You know, that hippie style is coming back. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, We're all going to be wearing ponchos this year. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yes, we are. <laughs> And it just, there's all these things that you can do to still feel, like I said, psychically close within that energy. You can't see them, but maybe you can get a sense, a memory, a feel, whatever the case may be. So right. I think that's important to, to bring up. I yeah. might include too that if, if someone's thinking about, their own process for when they are gone. My um, aunt, when she died, my dad's only sister, we were her kids. She never had a husband or kids. She had us. She left a document that left each of us a specific piece of jewelry, a specific item, um, a specific piece of clothing. And she told us the history of it. So I have this Aww. beautiful crescent moon pin that's, you can tell it's handmade and it's got a star on it and a cardinal on it. And um, when my great-grandparents got engaged, they didn't get rings. My great-grandfather had that made for my grandmother and he worked with his hands. Um, and, you know, to me that that just speaks. So if I'm going someplace special, if I ever do a TEDx, that would probably be on my blouse. 
because yes. it's that sense of history and connection. And maybe like you, I know I have this from one of my really dear friends who had died, I don't know how many years ago, his wife had knitted him some socks that had a rainbow on the top. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is I wore them right after he died. And then they started to tatter. I still have them. I don't want to give it away. Oh, I, yeah. I, even if it's in my sock drawer, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why you sort of do have to be really careful when you're going through other people's things to help you don't them. Assume. No, no. Don't assume. I've got a tattered sweatshirt that literally has holes all over it now. Right. It used to be very nice and it had a um, teddy bear material that was applique onto it mm -hmm. and it had my name on it and then it had the name Kathy on it. And Kathy was a daughter-in-law who was taking care of her elder relatives and I was their hospice social worker. Mm -hmm. It represents her. She's long ago died, but it also represents the connection I had to that hospice and all the people I served there. And it's that's mm -hmm. when I need to cuddle up with something, that's one of my cuddle uppers. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I would cuddle up with some blankets, but my cat eats them. And so <laughs> Aunt Ruth Ann made me all these blankets. So, but she also made me some scarves. And I guess you well, got to we'll put them just wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They got to outlive the cat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. And you're doing how many weeks is that? 12? 14? Uh, it'll be 13. 13 wow. weeks. And as it gets closer and we put it on. Um, we'll put it up here. We'll put it up here. And it'll link you to this other platform that I'm working with. It's called uh, Mighty Works. Is okay. the whole, have you heard of it? No, I haven't. But it's called Mighty Works. And then our platform is um, resonate. And what that is, it's it's like you can use it like uh, Facebook and a couple of other places and messenger chat, but there's no ads, there's no politics. Oh. It's really good. I'm and gonna be on there, but as soon as we get back from the valley. <laughs> okay, I will help you, I will tell you. They're running a, a free a gratitude starting November 1st, so you can sign up for free, see how you like it, and then um, decide if you wanna, I think it's either $1.99 or $2.99 a month. I think that's to, affordable. Yeah, and I'm I'm still learning how to work around it. The Where I'm gonna be teaching is through an online school called, uh, School for Evolution of Consciousness. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I See, highly I recommend it. The paper here when you are talking. So I oh, can great. scribble things. They, they go every which way because I'm great. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so glad you're doing that. And it's so nice to know a platform. It doesn't have ads and all the stuff. No. Nope. You know? No. Nope. I know. That's awesome. No political stuff. That's even better. I'm so tired of it. And I'm political, but I'm exhausted. I, 
So people are having COVID burnout. They're having, you know, just about every kind of burnout right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, ambiguous loss, burnout. And we're also beginning to really, the weather's changing. We're rolling into holidays. You know, here in the U.S. and our side of the globe, we're chilling down. Other side of the globe, it's warming up where Christmas is on the beach typically. But everyone's aware that that means holidays are coming. And for folks who are grieving or facing losses, or that's just another ambiguous loss for them. How do we were just talking about it this morning? How how are we going to do holidays? And, We're not. <laughs> and that is a big loss. You know, as much mm-hmm. as people complain about getting together, it's a tradition. Right. We need to do this. Why aren't you coming? What's wrong with you? What do you mean you have something else? Well, those arguments won't be happening. Right. The, argu- the arguments will be like, depending on who, what do you mean this COVID is a hoax? Or what do you mean? We're safe. Now, mom, but I don't know where Aunt Susie's been with her kids and she doesn't believe in it. And I know she's not wearing a mask because she said it on Facebook. So this is this is really what we're facing. And the anxiety, the anxiety of not living up to whatever standards you have in yourself for the holidays and whatever standards somebody else. I mean, Mm -hmm. people still have those voices in their head saying, why aren't you doing it this way? It's the same ones that say, get out the good china when you're serving 25 people. And you know you should use the turkey paper plates. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I've actually transitioned to no more China at the holidays, but now maybe this time I do get to use the good dishes because there's only going to be a few of us. Few of you. Even my middle child can't come because she works in a locked psych unit and there's no way. No, no. And my grandchildren go to their other grandparents' house sometimes during the day and they work out in the community. There's, we just, there's too many exposures and I've got my elderly mom. So we... And we've got Stacy's elderly dad. We can't do that. I, you know, as a as the step parent, um, holidays was interesting. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Same as adoptive parents, yeah. yeah yes. And mm-hmm. so the one of the other parents always insisted on having a holiday on that on the real Thanksgiving and the real. Christmas, whatever that mm-hmm. means. And so we adjusted because my husband and I don't want to cause more stress. And then I got to thinking, I mean, we did it several different ways, but I transitioned since 2014 when I went to Japan and they sort of made a sushi, build your own sushi. So at Thanksgiving, I always had two things, either barbecue pork or or Italian beef and build your own sushi. So this year, what am I going to do? So I think I'm going to go to a good sushi place and I'm going to deliver sushi and I'm going to deliver Italian beef to all the houses because you can't get you know, together. We're going to be indoors unless it's one of those Christmases, you know, that is 65 degrees out. 
Um, mm -hmm. It's possible, but I'm not going to count on it. Yeah, it's Christmas just, can actually be outdoors here, but we can't be. That's just—it's yeah. really going to be in the height of the flu season too. When the, right. when, the COVID, when COVID really started hitting California, it was late March, early April, and one of my best girlfriends, Wendy, she and her family—they're not a lot of them—and they're spread out through Southern California. They did—they typically do potlucks together, so everyone made their dishes. And then mm -hmm. those who live nearby grouped them and then they dropped the dishes on everybody's doorstep. So everyone had the same meal. Right, right. Just like you. And there were probably six households involved. There will be, yeah. But they not like it. Yeah, you right. leave your dish, you pick up the dish to go. And everybody had a, a potluck meal. So, you know, maybe we'll do something like that. Yeah, because, mm -hmm. and that's hard to do because you're, Already without COVID, without elections, people are nuts around the holidays. And oh, yeah. at least here it gets dark early. So between the cold and the dark, people are like, yeah. and now we're hyping two other things on it. And and keeping the same crazy expectations. Right. So how right. do you let go of expectations? In and out burger. That's how you do it. Say again. What did you say? In and out burger. In and out. I was going to say drugs, but I maybe I shouldn't say that on here. Wine. But, <laughs> you know. That too. And we've yeah. got a kid who's announced he's moving. So our youngest will be in Kansas City by the time the holidays start. Oh my gosh. So she'll be long gone. So we'll, we'll do maybe a phone call. But yeah. That's, parent, that's what they're supposed to do. It's an ambiguous right. loss. They're supposed to yes, get out and get going. She just chose a big leap. That's hers right. to do. That's hers yeah. to do. Mm -hmm. I, I, left, I left home uh, for college, and mm -hmm. so did my brother. My brother moved to the very end of the state, and I moved to the very middle of the state. So um, we often would, we started meeting at our house at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And you know, Thanksgiving after my mom died was a really hard, hard holiday. Mm -hmm. And and like I said, part of the step family thing, nobody understood how I felt since everybody else had their moms. Right. You know, all the adults. And, and you didn't like, so um what I did, and this is why I'm saying, and I want listeners to be able to feel comfortable taking that risk to change it up. Because what I did with my daughter, I talked about it with her and said, nobody really understands how it feels to lose your grandma. And so how about we volunteer at the high school and do that? And that'll be our tradition for as long as it lasts. And then we can go over. And she goes, I like that, Mom. And at first, my husband didn't understand. But jump ahead about four years, six years, he's got it. He understood. Yeah. So we, I used to always hold all of the holidays, and then when my second wife died, it was right after Thanksgiving, and we had a Thanksgiving where she wasn't eating or drinking, and we sent the kids out for a meal because I didn't want to have the food in the house. And when Stacy and I got married, she's like, "What? Why do we have to keep?" Why don't we just go to Laughlin? Let's go to the river. So 
until this year, we've been at the river every every Thanksgiving and not done any of the traditions. Right. And, and the only thing I miss are leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know one of the left one of the things we did start doing once again because of step family stuff? I mm-hmm. said, why don't we just? So we did this for about ten years. It was. Uh, leftover Friday or leftover Saturday. And we would have people come over, bring their leftovers. Mm-hmm. We usually have a turkey and then everybody would share because as a, as a momming type of person, as a mom, I wanted it on the regular day, but in step family bill, you have to be very flexible. Yeah, you do. Children. And so, we were, and we had a blast. We just you know, make up new holidays. Right, right. My, my middle daughter has um, maintained relationships with her birth family because we got her at age 16. And so she still got those folks. And so when we, when, we was, when we first adopted her, I said, look, you pick your holiday. And if you want to go be with them, no harm, mm-hmm. no foul. They've had you all these years. I'm, I'm second. Yes. And now yeah. she's married and she's got his family. So us exiting on Thanksgiving gave her the leeway to either establish her own or go right. with the other two. The one thing I did say was Christmas Eve is mine. I, I get Christmas Eve, <laughs> but during the day. So you can go home and have exactly night, right. We, we have uh, Christmas Eve morning and then they can stay as late as they want. And then usually we wind up going to somebody's church you know, whatever. Um, and it's, and it's fun. I make a Christmas Eve breakfast and, uh, it's wonderful. People like to just stack up the ham, stack up the bacon. Yeah. Everybody comes over in their jammies Mm, or very relaxing stuff. So every year the kids usually, they love, they go to, they go to Bubby's house in their jammies, you know, Seriously. And then watch cartoons after paper flies, you know. We may have to do that this year. Because I've Say always done a, I may have to do that this year. We've always done a smorgasbord because you know Nordic. Yeah. So yes, exactly. everything gets put out at by you know noon, one o'clock, two o'clock. And then I don't serve. Everybody kind of flits Just, in and flits out. Right. And we can enjoy who comes and miss who doesn't, and that's okay. And our neighbors next door every year they don't have family till later they used to when they were younger they come to our house because we didn't have anybody oh my daughter would come here she'd stay overnight one more day and then go to her dad's but our neighbors come every year i used to have a a pot of coffee with alcohol that you can Mm -hmm. pour in it um and we have breakfast. They make the pancake mix. We do the wet ingredients. And then we have leftover ham and bacon. Well, there's never leftover bacon, but there's leftover ham from the day before. Yeah. Everybody goes to the Jew's house to have the best ham. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and speaking of ambiguous losses, when um, the family we grew up next door to, whose house we now own, moved probably 10 minutes away, but they were our next doors. 
and we're still next doors. And that's how we refer to each other. We're and every Christmas night now we get together, we still sing Christmas carols together and eat a little bit of leftover dessert and hang out. And now it's the grandchildren who are the ones playing the piano for us. Thank goodness. And uh, I'm sure relatively soon it'll be great grands because some of the grands are now much adults. But, you know, that that was an ambiguous loss that became part of a tradition. And we've made that ambiguous loss part of the identity yes. of everyone. You can do that with ambiguous losses. You can. You can give it a new identity mm -hmm. and a, a new uh, paradigm around it. Right. So now we should probably tell people you need we've got Halloween coming up, but we also have the holidays. So start thinking about if you've had people who've died this year, moved away this year. I've got a kid moving away. How are you going to honor that person's place at your table? And if you're not going to have a table, how are you going to honor those who aren't there, whether they're not there because they died or they can't be there because of COVID? How do you include those? What are we going to do with that? You know, maybe our next talk next Friday, we can come up with some ideas for that. And until then, people can send them to us too. Tell us right. what you did. And maybe we'll come up, we'll go on Pinterest to come up with some terrible craft for everyone to have to do together. <laughs> I've got plenty of them. Cookies <laughs> made out of pine cones. Remember those? Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. I'm not even going to go into all of them. But one of the things I will say is for the older kids, if you buy those gingerbread houses or oh, gingerbread yeah. stuff, if you can get Halloween uh, de decor, candy decor, now at 90% off or whatever, then you let them build zombie houses. Ooh. Oh, yeah. We had that. Mm -hmm. okay, let me one-up one you. Instead of the cat, those things... We do um, uh, Rice Krispie houses. <gasps> yes. A zombie Rice Krispie house would. Oh, do you have a photo oh, sometime? I do. I do. All you right. basically just make cookie trays of That's the stuff, and then you cut them together. You do need toothpicks to hold them together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But oh. People actually Beautiful. eat Rice Krispies. <laughs> Just a thought. We I love it. I we'll love it. Next week, because next week will be right before Halloween. Halloween on a Saturday that nobody gets to trick or treat out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get to put it outside. However, they have to take it. We cannot hand it to them. We yeah. will probably do some kind of table because we just went into our highest level of lockdown in my county. So we aren't going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, that might be happening soon. We can play thriller and watch semi-scary movies and still enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 All, right, All right, Jill. Next week, and I'll be back at home. And everybody, sounds... safe, please don't put yourselves at risk. No, wear masks. Stay safe. Vote early. Vote, yes. Vote early. Just once. <laughs> yes. yes, please. Just once. Just once, but get yourself, get your ballot in there. Okay? Right. All, All right, right, dear. Next week, dear. Bye. All right. Bye-bye, hon. <laughs>